0: if you're listening to this on the day that this podcast has come out and um that might seem like a weird thing if you're not listening to this on the day this podcast has come out and i do apologize for that uh you're probably just thinking that it was a really weird way to start a podcast uh what the hell you doing well i'll tell you why i was doing that that's because i me renfrey deadman your friendly neighborhood music journalist uh I'm here to introduce a very, very special edition of The World According to... uh, Lamey? (laughs) Apologies, Jamie. The World According to Jamie Lenman. uh, Because it's Christmas. And I don't know how much you guys know about Jamie. um, But Jamie Lenman, my good buddy, my good pal, he freaking loves him a bit of Christmas. Um, And uh, when we first started talking about putting these twat gels together... um, he, we, we were really excited about the thought of him doing a Christmas one because we know he loves it so much. Fans of his old band Ruben will know that they, uh, released a Christmas song called Christmas is Awesome. It is indeed awesome. Um, and, um, I was actually referring to the song being awesome. Christmas, yeah, Christmas is cool. Uh, Christmas is great. Christmas is great. It's, it's Christmas. Well, I, I shouldn't be wanging on about how I don't like Christmas. Christmas is awesome. Yay. Um, but yes. Um, We wanted to put this out as a little special, and I also wanted just to take the opportunity to say thank you to everyone. Um, Riot Act is something that um, was merely a kernel of an idea in my tiny little mind. Um, Just, oh God... uh, must be about six months ago now and uh brought it to steve and um we hashed it out and but we both came up with ideas as to how what we wanted to do with it and like uh open it up and just make it this amazing amazing thing and hope it would be amazing and i think that um it has started to get towards that but um a big part of the reason for that is because you guys listen to it if it was just me and steve talking uh about music, uh, that would be fun, but it wouldn't really be uh, what it is now. So, thank you very much. And I hope you guys are having a fantastic festive season and all that jazz. Hope you're know, eating um, a lot more uh, roast potatoes than you are sprouts. But I'm going to stop now and um, I'll h- I'll hand you over to Jamie Lenman, who is doing this very, very special edition of The World According to Jamie Lenman on Chaz and Dave.
1: Hi everyone, it's Jamie Lemon here. A special one uh, this week because of Crimbo. And when you think of Crimbo, you think of Jimbo. You think of Jamie Lemon, which is me. Uh, At least I hope you do. I mean, although that could get problematic, couldn't it? You know, that could uh, lead to uh, mental trauma. So maybe, you know, relax a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm going to be talking this week about another um, not very well-known album. Another forgotten classic uh, but this week, obviously, because it's Christmas, I'm going to be talking about a Christmas album, which is a special subset of records that people sometimes do. Some of my favourite artists have recorded specifically Christmas albums where every song is about Christmas. And you think mm, how tough it is to come up with just the one good Christmas song. I, st- I mean, I've I done one. It's pretty good, but I don't hear it in Topshop. So I don't think it's quite made the pantheon yet. But uh, to come up with... 10 or 12, let alone just one Christmas songs. It's quite a feat. So this week we're going to be talking about uh, a Christmas album by a very famous British duo, our very own Chaz and Dave. And it's doubly poignant uh, because, of course, sadly, we lost Chaz Hodge this year, which brings an end to a a fine era of uh, fantastic British music from those two. Chaz and Dave. I mean, everyone knows Chaz and Dave. So they uh, came up uh, at the end of the 60s. They decided uh, they wanted to I think Chaz had been in a band where he was sort of singing in American and American accent and 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 sort of thought to himself, well, no, this isn't really right to sing in an American accent. I want to do something that's British, that sounds British, and reflect, you know, where I'm from, which I think that's a familiar impulse to me. I don't want to straight away, I know I just started bring it back to myself, but when you're growing up in this country and you listen to a lot of your influences do come from overseas, particularly America, and the music you listen to, the music that I was listening to, was sung by, uh, you know, Americans, Canadians, with that kind of twang accent. And so naturally, if, you, if you're going to start writing songs and singing, you tend to sort of adopt that when you're singing. And it took me a long time to break out of the habit of singing an American accent. In fact, when we, I recorded my first EP, the producer at the time sort of stymied me and said, yep, that's great, but just sing in a, in a British accent, sing in your accent. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So for uh, Chaz and Dave to make that decision... It's obviously a turning point for them to say, look, no, we want to own our own identity. And I think that's very important. So that was the birth of Chaz and Dave as the duo. Chaz on piano, Dave on bass, and uh, longtime drummer Mick Burt on the drums. You know, he's never, it's not Chaz, Dave, and Mick, although that would have been cool. It's Chaz and Dave. They wrote everything and sang everything. But Mick's always there on the drums most of their career. Anyway, huge career. They had their breakout single towards the end of the 70s with Gertrude uh and then they had a flurry of hits in the early 80s including rabbit which everyone knows rabbit's great uh great live performers they did a lot of songs for tottenham for the football club uh, they had a few hits with that and they they had one i'd just been watching the repeats until the pops and they just had snooker which i do not recommend uh, in 1986 uh and then their career carried on they had a brief respite in 2009 sadly, uh, Dave's wife passed away and he took some time out of the band. They got back together a few more bits until finally, yeah, Chaz has left us this year. Which is a dreadful shame. But, you know, instead of being sad, I always feel like, uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. So let's just celebrate um, that we have this fantastic music. And what better way to celebrate Chaz and Dave at this time of year than to listen to their 1986 album, The Chaz and Dave Christmas Carol LP, which came out on Telstar. Uh, in 1986 same year as snookaloopy, loopy what a weird year and this is no different from all the other albums i talk about it's nuts and i'd be very surprised if you heard it unless of course you are my personal friend in which case you've probably received it for your christmas present several years in a row because i tend to what i do at christmas is i buy up maybe 10 or 20 copies of uh, the chairs and dave christmas carol album or versions of, because it's hard to find the actual original and and just dole them out to everyone and got them. Even if you've got four or five copies, I'll give you another one to make absolutely sure that we can have an identical Christmas because this record, if you hear it, and I hope you will give it a listen after we've had this little chat, um, it's the sound of my Christmas from when I was a kid and I didn't know it was wrong. I didn't know it wasn't normal. I didn't know not everyone listened to Chas and Dave. <laughs> For Christmas, what makes it? What do you think of when you when you think of Christmas, little boy? Chaz and Dave. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly Christmas. Welcome to Christmas in Britain in the middle of the eighties. My mum had a tape, a cassette tape of what I'm assuming I think was the original version of the album, Christmas Carol LP, and she would just put it on as soon as it was December. That tape would go in the tape player, and it would not come out until January. And thank God, so I always had the sound of it. And if you know Chaz and Dave. They've got these sort of gruff um, British, you know, Cockney voices, and they play sort of um bum 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 sort of. I don't want to say lumpy because that's the wrong thing, but very, you know, <laughs> there's, it's influenced by musical, you know, pub rock. It's all that stuff in there. It's it's great stuff that you can all gather around a piano, and sort of bash out, you know. Um, but great harmonies, great playing, great players, both of their guys. Um, but their Christmas Carol album is nothing like that. It's a complete, complete departure. Like I say, these records that I talk about in this little segment when I'm allowed to, they usually represent a, a departure from a band's style, a band that have a very strong particular style. You can spot Jazz and Dave a mile away if you if you hear them on the radio. It's instantly them. And this album is completely apart from that. It's 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 nothing like any other Chas and Dave. And it is what it says it is. It's a Christmas carol LP. So they're not singing Christmas songs. They haven't written their own, like The Darkness or Cyndi Lauper or whatever. They haven't... Um, it's not pop songs. It's Christmas carols. Good, old-fashioned Christmas carols. And in fact, they've gone the extra mile and they recorded it with... Their, I mean, there is very, very little information about this record online. Uh, but that's okay, because you could just read it on Wikipedia any anyway, if there was. They... On this record, along with Chaz and Dave and Drummer Mick, are the Cambridge Heath Salvation Army Band uh, playing those fantastic brass tones. That's another, you know, when I hear a brass band, Salvation Army Band, I used to be in a brass band and I still play a lot of uh, brass I say play a lot of... I like to play the trombone. I got myself a trombone. It's fun to play the trombone. I did play a trombone solo a little while ago. I just love the sound of brass and of a brass band. And the few times when I was in one, when I did a Christmas concert once in a brass band, I was playing the euphonium. Look it up, kids. <laughs> it was a great feeling. It was a great feeling. And that, that sound of the brass and the... Oh, yeah, that, and the shopping town centres is lovely. It's beautiful. So I love that sound. To have that married to Chaz and dave is quite an experience it's a heady meal and um so that's what they do these are all um conventional carols uh you know that we all know from the, the carol songbook that gets sung every year with those uh Salvation Army band tones and Chas and Dave sort of singing on top, playing a bit of piano, playing a bit of drums, playing a bit of bass. And it's great. It sort of weaves in some of them are just their voices and the and the brass. Some of them are very similar to what you might hear in a Chaz and Dave album, you know, Piano, bass and drums and their vocals. And maybe the brass will come in a bit to the end. Uh, And some of them are sort of right in between. You know, it builds, it ebbs, it flows. So it's quite a wide palette, really, if you think about it. Bass, drums, a piano and then a brass band and great harmonies from Chaz and Dave. Quite a rich sound and they move in and out. It's not always the same sort of arrangement every time. Uh, Just great. So let's have a a look at what's on the record. I just want to say at this point... If you want to find the record and listen to it, you're going to have to find a, an original copy of the Christmas Carol LP because as far as I can see online, uh, you can't get the entire 21 track. I mean, that's a big album, 21 tracks on this record. You can't find the whole thing anywhere. It has been subsequently chopped up and uh, re as, for instance, Chaz, A Cockney Christmas with Chaz and Dave. You know, it's got maybe 18 of the songs in it. Or, um, Christmas Greatest by Chaz and Dave, uh, which again has most of the tracks from the Christmas Carol LP. But watch out because if you keep on listening, they will, it will they'll go, they'll, they'll segue into Rabbit, you know, and your Christmas, uh, vibe has all disappeared because who wants to hear about a rabbit at Christmas? Um, so watch out, watch out. And it is not to be confused with Chaz and Dave's Christmas Jamboree Bag, which is a completely different thing. They did a few years earlier, they did a TV special called The Christmas Jamboree, which is, just fantastic. It's them playing live in a pub. I don't know if it's a real pub, but it looks like it's probably a set, but then everything was lit so badly on the telly those days. Who can tell? Uh they just play like or every song they know to a pub full of people dancing around crowds and having a, the best time. And in the middle of it, Eric Clapton comes on and does a number. It's completely insane. Uh, and that's a great watch. They don't I don't think they actually play any Christmas songs in that, but they're having a absolute cracking knees up and the soundtrack album was released to coincide with this so by all means check that out but that's not what we're talking about what we are talking about is all these lovely christmas carols so i'm not going to talk about every single one because there's tons i'm just going to talk about the ones that you know are my real favorite so i've got something to say about it we start with god rest you merry gentlemen which i really like and that's a good introduction to this because it's quite driving god bah, 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 mm, mm, ah, mick burt sort of driving it and you got the brass all popping away the thing i find funny about um christmas carols in general and that jump out of this record is the sort of archaic uh, christian language that these carols are filled with you know carols that i would sing even not as as not a religious man without really thinking of course they're talking about jesus birthday and i get that but every now and then you get something that's a bit heavy like this song says to save us all from satan's power i mean are you really who's thinking about satan's power at christmas you know <laughs> Who's, uh, who's buying little safety guards against Satan's power? Well, I got this for you in case Satan tries to, uh, take you into his power. Oh, thank you. Very thoughtful. Thank you. I got you, uh, some oven gloves. So, uh, yeah, think, I mean, think about Satan's power. It's good to, uh, keep in mind. Uh, God rest you, Mary Gentleman. It's a great way to start this record. Um, while shepherds watch their flocks at night. I don't know if that's the, the proper title of the, of the song. That's a very nice example of how, uh, it, that starts very solemn. It's quite downbeat, which is the voices and the brass, and then it builds. It builds, you know, these carols sort of repeat each other. And Chaz and Dave, who produced and arranged this record, uh, have taken advantage of that to, to build things up. I like things that sort of repeat but build, so they're never quite the same every time. And this ends very grand. So give that a listen. That's great. Then you've got my favourite carol, just my favourite Christmas carol, which is Good King Wenceslas uh say try saying that with a mouthful of Figgy pudding uh i just love this carol anyway and of course because i love Chaz and dave this is my favorite version of that carol uh it's really it's you know it's bouncy and little good kinks went this lust you dick you know it, that's not in the song that's just because i'm a rude guy uh <laughs> i love to sing this i love their version it's great then we got um well, then we've got Coventry Carol, which is weird and goes into sort of like 17th century gibberish. Let's not talk about that. We've got the Wasail song, which I love. And Wasailing, I don't know if anyone really knows about Wassailing. Maybe you go first footing. Um, if you don't know, Wasailing, and it's sort of modern equivalent, first footing, which still sort of happens, they do it in Scotland still, first footing, is like trick-or-treating, but at New Year's. So you go round and you go... You sort of take, like, maybe you've baked some nice gingerbread biscuits. You go in a, in a gang with your mates and you knock on doors on uh, New Year's Eve and you say, oh, hello, um, happy new year to strangers, to your neighbours, to strangers. And maybe they might give you a wee dram of whiskey and you give them a biscuit. And that's cool. It's I really like to do it. I did it a couple of times. I tried to introduce the uh, tradition in the leafy suburbs of Surrey when I was a, a nipper. It did not go down well. And I stopped it, which I think is a real shame. Obviously, it's got its parallels in Christmas caroling. um, And wassailing is actually a very old, ancient, uh, goes back to Saxon times, uh, referring to wassail, which is mulled cider, which you would take uh, to the lord of the manor, actually, if you were a peasant, like I would have been. I mean, Prince Harry, if you're listening to this, you can duck out at this part. But basically, I think everyone that's listening to this would have been a peasant. So we would have taken the wassail bowl of this steaming, delicious, mmm, oh, mulled cider to the Lord of the Manor. And we would have said wassail, which meant, uh, which still means it means good health. It just means be healthy, uh, good health to you. You know, it's a greeting. And the reply from the Lord would be drink hail, meaning drink and be healthy, which sort of is a bit like, Be healthy, yes, drink and be healthy. Yeah, that works. So that's what wassailing is, and that's what wassail is. You go to someone's house and you offer them, you know, some wassail. Uh, And there's differing accounts of when you do it. Sometimes uh, some people say you do it on 12th night, you know, 6th, 7th of January, or you could do it New Year's Eve. Anyway, the wassail song... Here we go. Well, Wassailing, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's bouncy. Chaz and Dave's version, again, is the definitive version for me. It's bouncy. It's got all these uh, lovely multi-layer vocals. And I like uh, to think about that fantastic tradition of Wassailing, which I might, you know, I might do that this year. Just take some mulled cider to my neighbours. They're nice guy. I mean, they're terrified of me, my neighbours. As you might imagine, I am a nice guy. And I went round with cakes when I first moved in. We always do. We go around with a little cake and say, Hello, we're Jamie and Katie, and I'm a musician, and you might hear some loud noises at night, and I'm really sorry about that when I'm tracking some stuff, but basically you can borrow sugar whenever you want, and uh, and uh, they might say hello, yes, but then they slam the door very quickly and we rarely see them again. So that's a shame. So maybe I'd take them some wassail, I mean, that's going kind to of weird them out even further, isn't it? If I turn up dressed as a Saxon, which, let me tell you, I have the means to do and just shout wassail at them, wassail, and <laughs> show them this bowl. Oh, dear. So maybe I won't do that. OK, so then we got Good Christian Men Rejoice, which, again, I don't know if that is. that the actual uh, full title? Good Christian Men Rejoice. It's great. This is maybe the song in the record that is most like Standard Chaz and Dave. It's driven by the drums and the piano. It's quite rocking. And then the brass comes in later. And again, we've got these very uh, serious lyrics in the middle of this fun song. I've always found them funny when you sing them in a carol service or whatever. Now you need not fear the grave. (laughs) Because Jesus has saved you. Christ was born to save. Right? Now you need not fear the grave. What a lyric to have in the middle of a Christmas song. It keeps coming. Um, And then we've got Silent Night, which directly follows Good Christian Man. Uh, It's very slow. And uh, it builds up, and the brass comes in halfway through. It starts with piano and the two voices. And Chaz and Dave, they—some might argue—they do not have voices that are made for like long notes and like harmonies, high notes. They're they're pub singers, you know, by their own admission. But they have got the chops. They can go the distance. These are, above all else, these are seasoned musicians who know what they're doing. And just because they don't often do it doesn't mean they can't. And I cannot fault their performance on this record. You, you got to assume it was done without many overdubs either, or tracking, or all the stuff that I use to make my records sound good. They're really smashing it, and their voices are—they're gruff and they're gritty, and it's a weird sound to hear those long notes held by uh, such voices. But I just love it. I just love it, and they make such a good fist of it. There's no half measures on this record. They, we're gonna do some fucking christmas carols with the salvation army band and fuck all of y'all and i love you ches and dave okay then we got oh come you faithful which is great which is huge like a big rock a ballad i know it's not a ballad but the the drums are huge it sounds massive then we got um yes jesus loves me now i'm a bit confused is yes jesus loves me a christmas carol i don't think it mentions christmas anywhere just sort of talks about the confidence in a relationship with Jesus there. I mean that's great. I just picked that one out because I thought it was a bit weird. Yes, Jesus loves me. I mean it sounds Christmassy if you put the brass on it and Jazz Dave singing it. I mean they could sing like the till announcement at Sainsbury's and it would sound Christmassy to me. Uh but that's a bit of an oddity one. Then we've got the and carol, which don't be confused, is not like a rock and carol as the night when it was Christmas morning and I opened my stocking do you open a stocking? Uh, it's not that, no it's it's literally a carol about rocking baby Jesus because it's his birthday he deserves a rock and uh, I like this one it's got a nice little uh, acoustic guitar um, classical guitar at the start instead of sort of piano Uh, lovely harmonies and I really like the lyric Darling, darling, little man. I don't know why. I don't like babies. Uh, they sort of resemble like revolting uh, l- grubs to me, like oversized uh, widgety grubs. But uh you know, to hear these again, to hear these two gruff men describe little baby Jesus as a as a darling, darling little man, I just think that's so sweet. And he probably was quite a, a darling little man, you know. By all accounts, he had a lot of charisma, Jesus. So yeah, I'll go with Chaz and Dave on that one. Then we got In the Bleak Midwinter, and that is bleak, lives up to its title, it's very slow, and it's very dour, but it is lovely, and if you know anything about me, and what I like music-wise, and the kind of music that I like to make a lot of the time, I quite like dour, you know, melancholy sounds, the sort of uh, luxuriating and sort of sadness, I love that, In the Bleak Midwinter, so this is one of my favourites, and again... (laughs) It it finishes with, uh, it's funny, isn't it? Because to say Jesus Christ is like an exclamation of of crossness. It's almost like a swear, isn't it? But then, if you're singing all these songs that say Jesus Christ all the time, it sort of sounds like (laughs) they're swearing. So, at the very end of this song, beautifully, they go Jesus Christ. It's if they're really pissed off, like jeez, like fucking hell. Give it a listen. I mean, give the whole thing a listen. But I just love that at the end. Jesus Christ. And that's Christmas carols for you. And then there's a couple of, uh, there's a couple others, and then they they finish it with uh, We Three Kings, which I haven't heard since I was a kid because it's not available. But I do remember on my mum's tape copy, I loved We Three Kings, their version of We Three Kings. And really, I should track down a copy of this on cassette or LP or whatever it's a great shame that uh, it's not available to hear in full but you can uh hear it in part and you will still get a you will get a sentimental feeling when you hear chas and dave's christmas carol album because they're so great hey have you heard that song rocking around the christmas tree the one from like the 60s or 50s and she says uh, rocking around the christmas tree let the christmas holly ring or something and then she says Later we'll eat some fucking pie and we'll do some caroling. Right? I think she's supposed to be saying, Later we'll eat some pumpkin pie. Those are the lyrics. But A, why would you eat pumpkin pie at Christmas? And B, she definitely says, Later we'll eat some fucking pie. Have a listen. You'll never hear it the same again. So that is it. Quite a short one this time. Because, like I said, I don't have much to tell you about this record. It's sort of shrouded in mystery. And it stands alone in Chas and Dave's catalog, but it is an outstanding record. And it's, I, again, I would say it's, it's brave of them to step so far outside of their very precise idiom and just go whole hog uh, to celebrate the sort of the medium of Salvation Army Christmas carols, which is pretty niche, but I love them, man. So I love this record. I love uh, Stephen and I love Renfrey. And I love all of you, and I hope uh, that you have an absolutely fantastic Christmas. Uh, and Christmas, it really is my favourite time of year. I'm already having the best time. I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I got my face painted like Santa Claus. They just drew the hat straight on my forehead, and I couldn't complain. So I'm already uh, balls deep in Christmas, and I'm going to carry on doing that until probably about the middle of uh, February. So please just have a wonderful time and a great new year. And I will speak to you very soon. Thanks so much. Bye for now.